All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey there. Because you're listening to this podcast, we at Blue Wire want you to know this. One, we freaking love you. And two, we want to learn more about you. Help us make more content you'll love by filling out a survey you can find in the description of this podcast. You'll help us out a ton, and you'll have a chance to win a Blue Wire t-shirt, hoodie, or a pair of AirPods. We appreciate you, hope you're staying safe, and want you to enjoy this podcast. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a special, gosh, they're all special, but this one seems extra special, episode of Dropping the Gloves with, I think, the tallest guest we've had on the show so far. He almost, when I look at him, it's eye to eye. It's almost eye to eyebrow, but it's very close. Brian Boyle, former teammate. Boiler, how's it going? It's great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, the enthusiasm. I love it. He's always so excited, (laughs) Brian. He's just... (laughs) One of the good guys in hockey. So you're, I'm guessing you're in Florida right now? Yeah, we came uh, – we were here for a while. We went back home um, to the Boston area for, for like six weeks. And then, and then in the beginning of May, we came back down just kind of in anticipation for uh, phase two to start. It took, took about a month longer than we thought. But, yeah, we've been down here enjoying it. It's not bad. Yeah, how it's is used. the Florida area? Is it kind of calmer, more crazier than Boston? Yeah, it's, uh, I think their case numbers were, they were doing quite a bit better than what was going on in the Northeast. And when we got back down here, we flew down and it was like, um, nothing happened. Like it was, people were out. And I mean, if you went into a, I mean, most restaurants and stuff were closed when we got back down, but now, even now it's kind of like people are out and about, there, there are masks, which is, which is good to see, but, but, uh, hopefully, uh, people are, still understanding that we're in a serious situation uh but at least you know the weather's it was really nice it's getting a little bit hot now but yeah the kids can we we can we had enough to do to tire the kids out which is kind of the 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 main goal when you wake up in the morning (laughs) how many how many kids you guys have we have two i got a five-year-old boy and a three-year-old daughter oh yeah that's tons of energy there that's cool very very good so uh, you you head to the rink now or what's what's the status there yeah, we get to go. Uh, we get to go three times a week. Every day, we got to do a 
take our own temperature and, and fill out this like prompt. And then uh, twice a week, we're doing actual COVID testing right when we get there. So it, it's kind of a pain, but it's also uh, kind of a good peace of mind knowing that we keep getting checked and everything's cleared out. We're there. I mean, our guys are doing awesome, like sanitizing and the groups are small. Yeah. We're in like three different groups. So it, it's been, but it's just good to go to the rink and skate. I mean, we were, guys are just like working out on their own and that, that gets old really fast. What kind of, <laughs> what kind of shape, what kind of shape are you in showing up there? Uh, a little heavier, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I, I need to skate. Otherwise I just, uh, I mean, we were, I was like, I was coming off an injury too. So I was doing all this different tedious stuff, which actually for like an extra two and a half months has helped me. I feel pretty good now, but you know, a lot of like lifting just to, just to lift. It's nice outside. I want to, don't want to be a little skinny fat guy. So I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to stay in shape but we've been getting we've been getting some uh some good workouts and there's like hockey workouts but it doesn't really it only goes so far until you can get on the ice is most of the team there do you think or are you still waiting on some guys i think now we have i think there's there's more than 15 now oh wow and, but we're still yeah but we're still waiting we're still waiting we got a couple guys in europe and and uh it's just it's tricky right like yeah, we were talking to Kaner, I think, gosh, this week, and Kaner said he's, there's a handful of guys in Chicago. So they, they don't even have half the team there. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of guys stayed just in the beginning because at the time, like, if you were if you were to go home, a lot of guys, in the, you know, wherever they were going, it was cold, and, you know, Florida in March was better than a lot of the alternatives. So yeah, most, right. most people stuck around for a while, and then a few guys said, you know, that's enough of that, went home. but. But uh, we had a lot of guys stay every day throughout. So, I mean, what is good because we get some decent skates. Yeah. During, during the quarantine, when you're back in Boston or other guys who lives in condos and stuff, what, what does your trainer do for you guys? Do they like just say, do whatever you can, or do they give you like a plan, a day-by-day plan? So for, for me, I was lucky. My, my trainer from the summer back home, uh, he, loaded like a sled up a bunch of plates some dumbbells and like a bunch of stuff and i like i have a heater in my garage because the weather was crappy but and i would do like these garage workouts and then i had a putting green put in my backyard uh last summer i put the sled on that and i was oh no kidding doing sled runs with that yeah so i mean we got a little creative i had the peloton too so that's a good way to stay stay skinny you just hop on that for 45 minutes and, and crank it out. But, um, yeah, I mean, we did that and he, he would, uh, he would give me like two weeks at a time, my trainer back home. And then, um, the house I'm renting here in in Florida has a full gym. It's Jason Demers is, is oh, townhouse and it's got a full gym on the third floor. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a decent setup for, for me. I've been able, I, I mean, I shouldn't have any excuses really. <laughs> that is crazy. When you, are you, do you have any affiliation? I've heard, I've, listen, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this a thousand times with Body by Boyle in Boston. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I've worked with him uh, when I was like okay. really young, maybe 13 or 14, but we are, we are not uh, related at all. All right. I worked out there one summer. It was a pretty legit setup they have. Just, just wondering. Yeah, it is. He's obviously done well. Yeah, and speaking of Boston, Brian, obviously you played in Boston College, and we had uh, Gerby on a couple months ago. He was telling us some – 
some story from the good old days uh, on campus and, and playing under Jerry York. I mean, York was just in, inducted to the Hall of Fame last year. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like to play under him and how he helped you kind of grow your, your hockey career to get ready for the pros? Yeah, I mean, he, geez, he has such a presence, right? He came uh, he came to my house my early in my senior year in, in high school. And they, they showed some interest early, and then it, it kind of quieted down. I didn't have the best junior year in high school. But then he came. My, my, uh, I had interest from other schools, but I always wanted to go there. He came to my house, and um, it's a funny story. But my, my younger brother, he would go to the college games with me and, and my dad. He's eight years younger than me, so he's like 10. And uh, Jerry comes over at like, I don't know, 7 o'clock, 7.30 for dinner. And he's like, well, where's your younger brother? Where's, where's Timmy? He knows Timmy's name. And he goes upstairs. Timmy's like in his room about to go to bed. And he's uh, he, he's kind of like, he doesn't wake him up. But he's just like, hey. And, and my brother was like, wow. Um, he, you know, he's just, he's got such a presence to him because of what he's done. I, we grew up watching that team. Uh, bean pots and stuff and I, I just I was dying to go there and then get, when I got there man that machine kind of runs itself because he he does such a great job with recruiting and he he does such a great job with making sure that I mean I don't want to say like the hockey took care of itself but he, he made sure the guys that he brought in were the right guys and it, it was a crazy machine like in the gym or on the ice and the captain's practices before the coaches were there he that, that was like the leadership ahead. Every class took care of the class below them, and it just kept on going that way. And that was, I think that's probably the most impressive thing that he's done because X's and O's and whatever and, and recruiting, yeah, that's, that's all hugely important. But you'd have more off years, even if you got all the best guys, if you didn't have a certain special sauce in your formula. And, I, and he, uh, he definitely has that. He's intimidating. You don't want to get in any trouble because – uh, he'll come down on you pretty hard, but if you don't get in trouble, he's the most supportive. If you just do the right thing and you work as hard as you can, he's going to give you every opportunity to further your career just, just by being in that room with all that talent every day, pushing each other. So it was, it was, uh, I was so lucky to go there. He was, he was huge for me and, and, and my development more, more so I would say as a, just as a man and becoming a man than anything else. Let's let's jump ahead. So, did you know you were going to get picked in the first round? Just, just simply because when people look at look back at draft classes, this is the top one ever. People say so. Did you have yeah. any idea you were going to be a first round pick? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't. It was uh, there was a lot of interest. I was told you could sneak into the you know the, just the early second half of the first round, or you could be in the second half of the second round. It was kind of. Uh, it was a project pick. Everybody knew, including myself, that I wasn't going to play uh, even in the American League at, at 19 or 20. It was going to take a couple of years, and, and it was a, a big adjustment even my freshman year in college. But the pick and, and the way they drafted players back then, a size made a big difference. I was, I was uh, somewhat coordinated, I think, so they just kind of thought I was a rail. I was skinny, though. They just thought there was some room for improvement, but um, yeah, I mean, it could have gone. I think I was, I was pretty confident I was going to go in one of the first two rounds. I was really hell bent on getting picked in the first round, even though you know at that point it doesn't really matter other than for your own ego. Um, but that was a cool day. That's I bet. Really cool Did you day. think it would be six years until because you got drafted in 03 and you didn't crack an NHL lineup till seven eight? Like what? 
Right. Was that mentally tough, or uh, would you just I thought expect it after my yeah after after my junior year, I uh, I could have left, and I think that might have sped up the process. But there were a lot of things that made me want to stay. We just lost in the in the national title, um, yeah, the year before, and I I wanted to win, um, so I went back and uh, passed up some decent coins. <laughs> Uh, thinking that, you know, I don't want to be missing this place when I'm trying to be a professional and my head's not all the way in on what I'm doing. So I just thought for a personal reason, another year at that school would have helped me a lot. It really did. Um, heard, I heard a lot of guys telling me when they left early that they wish they had stayed another year yeah. and finished out. Um, I didn't hear a whole lot of guys say, I wish I left. So it was, uh, that was kind of part of my part of my decision, but I, I, I just, I mean, I've never regretted it. And yeah. then, uh, you know, my first, my first year pro, I, you know, I got some games and did, did pretty well. So I kind of just thought this, this is the way it should have been. I didn't want to burn out. I didn't want to fall out of love with the game or, you know, mentally and, and emotionally. I don't know if I was ready, even though I was older. Yeah, that's true. No one ever, gosh, I, I've seen it so many times where guys just jump and they push themselves and they try, they're like, I, I can compete on, you know, I'm, I'm going to go pro and then they just burn out or they just can't make it. They're too young. They're not mature enough. They're not strong enough. And people don't get it right. in the pro hockey game. You get two or three chances. And if you don't make an, an impact in those two or three chances, then they, they just kind of pass you up. And unless you get a fresh set of eyes on you, like they're, they've already moved on. So I think, especially being well, you get, a big guy. You get labeled, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then you get labeled. Like, I mean, uh, you know, you remember Hugh Jessman? The, the huge specimen? A, yeah. A, yeah. Great, great player, great guy. And I don't know, I don't I don't agree with how they kind of handled him when he was uh Yep. When he went to went to New York, because that guy would have been an ass. He came off an injury at Dartmouth and and then they tried to make him something he wasn't. And then by that point, people just said, Well, oh, no, I can't and he could play. And he got he got his games, he got a couple games, but you know, it affects you mentally too. Oh um, yeah. So when you're labeled as a first round bust, like that wears on you so oh, much and everybody's yeah. telling you about it. Like it's, it's really, really hard to get over that. So gosh, yeah. you made a good decision. Super good. And that's a tough decision for a young kid yeah. to make. Like there's a lot of money looking at me. We right? didn't have anything, right? We didn't have any money. So how much hard. money? My a couple hundred grand? Five, uh, six, seven. Like if I didn't play a game the next year, if I didn't play one game in the NHL, just with the bonuses, it was like three fifty. Wow! But I had like 10, 20 game bonuses and stuff like that. I could have made over a million. What? But at that point, I'm like, what's the what's the difference between three hundred and a million? I don't care. Like I have zero. That's amazing. I what can't are your put, parents I can't put gas in my car. That's amazing. I give them a lot of credit because they my both of them thought I should have probably jumped. My dad's like, you're too good. You're done with this league and and time to go and make some money and he wanted me to I mean geez he did they sacrificed so much for me to get to where I was yeah even financially just and again they 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 waited they said this is your call what do you think I should do my mom was like she loved the idea of of uh finishing out school but I think I think a few years later they were like yeah you we thought you should have left. <laughs> well, you were wrong. So <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, fifteen years later, uh, you're still playing. Yeah, so it's you know it's been good. 
I guess so. So you, you kind of jumped back and forth with the LA Kings for two years, a cup of coffee, you played a little bit more than the next year. Then your big chance came when you got traded to the Rangers. Did you expect a trade? Did you demand a trade from Los Angeles, or how did that kind of come about? You want to hear a wild story? This I would is, love uh, to hear a wild this, story. Yeah, this is how this went down. So I'm I'm up and down and yo-yo, and I'm getting called up. I think it was like eight times, like six in that second year. And my first year, I came, I played eight games and scored. Like I was, I was kind of lighting it up, saying this is this is a pretty easy league. And and uh, they had three good centers in in LA, and they had Kopitar who played half the game. And then so there's not a lot of minutes for centers. And you got Hanzus and Jared Stoll who are great players. So I was trying to lock down that fourth line center, and it's you know seven eight minutes a game. And Terry Murray was the coach, and he had his own way of telling me what he wanted from me, and it was. You know, he wanted me to be much more abrasive. And it took me, you know, I never, I never wanted to play. I think my, the most fights I had in the year were five. Um, and in, in high school and college, if I did anything after the whistle, push, shove, uh, tell somebody to go pounce, anything, I, I'd get benched by my coach. So oh, really? I came up that way. That, that was the way I learned the game. You know, we fought in summer league a little bit. Just because if you get kicked out of the tournament, when you go home and go to your baseball game or something, but um, like that's that's how I was kind of wired. And then plus, I didn't really want to, and it was just a different. I mean, you're playing against men now. I wasn't confident in that kind of role because I didn't. I never did it, and the only way to get better at it is by doing it. So it took me. It took me a little while to get a little more comfortable with it, but it took me even longer to understand what he wanted from me and when and where and how you had to kind of conduct yourself, even if it wasn't a fight, just kind of standing up there and looking at a guy in the eye and all that. Uh, he would play me every exhibition game about two minutes. And as soon as the moment came where I didn't do something, he sat me and then at the end of camp, he told me why. So it was like a long lesson that way. And from then I was just kind of like kind of confident shot, like had to, had to kind of earn his trust again. And it was up yeah. and down. But then during that season, Dean Lombardi, who's great, uh, great to me, a lot of, he's a lot of phone calls and, and meetings with him. He reached out to my dad asking how he could kind of get through to me. And they had a meeting in uh, New Hampshire before one of my um, American league games for Manchester. And at, you mean get uh, through like just for Brian to start fighting or me to fight or how do, how we can, you know, what does he respond to, et cetera. Okay. He, you know, Dean's doing a lot of work for one of his minor league guys. He's got a whole NHL team to run. Uh, so I give him a ton of credit for that. And my dad was like, well, if you're not going to use him how he should be used, trade him. And they have this meeting. And I get called up at the end of the year. I'm, I, I got in a fight. Uh, sorry, we played Phoenix. I had two goals. The next game we're playing in Calgary. and we're getting rinsed and Terry kind of lays into me in intermission and says, you think, cause you got two goals. Now you've made it, blah, blah, blah. And gives it to another veteran on the team. He's yelling at him. And that veteran gets blown up at uh, center ice by, uh, I think it was Matt Pellich. And so I fought him. And then the next day I'm on the second line against Edmonton. Huh. I said, okay, now I, I figured it out. And then, <laughs> So I fight Theo Peckham the next night, and he switches to lefts and beats me up pretty good. And Terry, the next, like, seven or eight games have finished the season, is playing playing me a ton, and I think everything's great. But that meeting that went on, I didn't even know about. 
happened, my dad said, I think you're going to get traded at the draft. I said, are you my agent or what's going on? Can you just kind of <laughs> let me do this? So, yeah, my own father has a meeting with the general manager of the L.A. Kings in the NHL. And he did not tell you about it at all. No, no, no. Because Dean, Dean called the meeting. So I was like, that is uh, – so then I got traded. And then he said, ah, I figured you would because your mom really wanted you back east. And he told me that. He said, I told him if you can't play, if you're going to trade him, trade him back east. I said, well, anything else he told him? Like, and then, like, you know, on the draft, I got traded to, traded to New York. And, yeah, that was that. That's funny. You're not a fighter. Yeah. You're not a fighter. No. You like I mean, you you can hold your own, but you're you're too good. You're too skilled. Wow. I think it's I wish a waste. I was better at fighting, though. I should I should have yeah, taught I mean, you a few things better. when we're on the ice together. I know. You have so many yeah, advantages you don't even know about. You've been yeah. in some good tilts. You you stared down Gardner a few times. That guy's a tough. Yeah, I took a heavy. I took a heavy right right to the jaw from him. Popped back up. Popped back up. It wasn't up, a matter of me. Yeah. Well, Chara got me a couple times. I had no business. That was the day after Thanksgiving. 30 people in my family were at the game in oh, Boston. No. I just got. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. There is no shortage of action going on their exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, they're your online wagering experts. So what was it like going to the Rangers? That, that's, that changed your whole career. You went from playing... 30 games a year before to get in a full season in like was towards the coach when you got yeah. there right away. Yeah. Yeah. And I got traded and then I get these calls from like the PR and then the, the team services. And I'm like, why are they calling? I must be a big time prospect. You know, I'm pretty good about myself. They say, you should live here. This is where the guys live. These are the restaurants. You want to come down and visit. They sent me down there. I stayed the night. Like they are first class. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, that year was tough. Didn't go so well. There wasn't a lot of depth at center, so they kind of had to keep me around. And uh, You put up some huge you know, points, black. though. You got... You oh, got my s- first year I had six. <laughs> six, <laughs> points six points in 71 games. Those are John Scott numbers. <laughs> oh, man. I think like three goalies in the league had more assists than me. Well, they get more ice time. That's what I always say. They do. People. They get a lot more they ice do. time. They do. They do. <laughs> oh, it was tough. It was like seven and a half a game was my average time on ice, and and Torts was the coach, so it was uh, it was a lot of learning, a lot of learning. And the end of that year was fun because he he basically told me I was just gonna finish out my contract in Hartford. No, um, at our exit meeting, it, without saying that, he just said we got a lot of young guys. We're gonna bring in even more youth into this lineup. So I guess we'll see you in the fall, and we'll see what happens. He does not mince words at all. He he shoots from the no. hip. 
He's I remember, great. I remember when I got traded there, I showed up and I, and I go to his office and he's like, what are you doing here? I didn't even know we traded for you. I was like, cool, cool. Good to be here. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Torts. Feeling good. I was like, I'll see you out there for practice. <laughs> oh, like, he, he had a comment about, yeah, he had a comment about your tattoo at one point in the training room. I'll never forget. You're just what trying to say? explain it to him. I, he was like, what is that? And then he asked if you were like on drugs when you did. You're like, no, it was a, it was like the one on your wrist. Isn't it like a Bible scripture? It's a Bible scripture. Yeah. 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 I remembered it and I remembered it and I'm like, wow, that's pretty awesome. I'm too much of a wimp to get a tattoo there. It feels like, I mean, that would hurt on my rib cage, but that is just kind of like, were you, were you drunk? Were you drinking when you were <laughs> like, what? what is wrong with this guy? He's the I, guy. He, he made me a player though. I'm telling you that right now. He, he pushes guys. He definitely pushes you. Oh, I, yeah. you know, I had my ups and downs with him, but if, if he liked you, he was going to play you a ton. And you were his type of guy where you would, you block shots, you do the things you needed to do to win. And he loved guys like that. Loved them. I, I never, I mean, I thought I did that before I got there. I didn't do that before I got there. Oh no. He, no. he brought that out. Of you. He brought that out. Of you. Like it was, it was, it was crazy. We were the hardest team to play against. No one thinks you block shots until you get, in the tort system. And then you learn how to block shots. Yeah. There's so many yeah. pads that he puts on you and like getting, getting in the lane and the defense, <laughs> man, it's just unbelievable. He just takes it to a yeah. different level. And then you got Lundqvist there. I'm like, Hey, like we have the best goal in the world. Like you want Even a lot him, of money. Yeah. Like, let's <laughs> let him mix in a shot and a save once in a while. Ugh. So Brian, we had, uh, we had Marty Baron on last year and he told that story about uh, being late for the meeting. You were in the bathroom. Is that, Oh yeah. Is that pretty much how it went down? I was shocked at how accurate he, he nailed it. <laughs> I, uh, I heard that because so, I got tagged on Twitter about it. So I'm like, I got to hear this. And I actually went into your guys' pod and I was like, all right, let's, let's see where he messed it up. And the only thing I'll add is like when I left wherever the goalies were, Steve Eminger was like rehabbing. And so he was in the gym. And if you go from like the training room, you have to go through the gym to get into that little classroom where the, where the media room is, the meetings. And and he's like, you can't go in there. You can't go in there. And I was doing like a back and forth shuffle. Like, do I go in? Do I not go in? Do I go in? Do I not go in? I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta go in. I gotta go in. I'm just going to tell the truth. And like, that's how I always was. Cause like with my parents, I just, I can't hold on to things and I I don't want to be, I never want to be like, I'm trying to lie and get out of anything. So I'm just like, kid, this is what happened. If he kicks me out, he kicks me out, but I'm not just going to sit here for a half hour anxiety ridden like and Emmy's like don't go and I'm like I gotta go I gotta go so I walk in and I just I yeah I burst out when I right when I opened the door I was in the can I was on the toilet I didn't know about the meeting torches is like I thought he's gonna yell at me and he goes all right just sit down relax Brian and then every everyone was like I just never heard the end of that until like a few years later and then now it's brought up again I'm That's happy so that was, funny. That was, yeah, that was funny. Everyone can relate to that when you're late for the meeting and it's like, do I even go in? Are they even going to notice me not being in there? And I just kind of hang out until the meeting's over and then shuffle in with the Yeah. Oh, Oh, I just, well, I mean, then you, I spent with, when you play for torch, you spend, I think like four or five hours a day worrying about what time all the things are and meetings are because they don't start when they're supposed to start. So you have, you can't be late for anything. It's, there's a lot of anxiety. <laughs> I know. How different it is yeah. playing for Q compared to Torts? Uh, I, I played for both the meetings, of them. The meetings, yeah, the meetings are a lot shorter. 
Yeah. Um, it's funny because I, I try to look at it like how he, yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's a lot different. Um, they're both so effective in what they do, obviously, but I try to look at it like through a younger player's eyes. Cause now I'm just like, um, an old guy. <laughs> yeah. And so you get treated, you get treated a little bit different and, um, you know, I never knew what Torch was thinking or, and he didn't really care. He just told you what to do. And that was enough for me. Um, Q's really, he's awesome. He's, he's, uh, he'll talk to his veteran guys a lot and lets the veteran guys do a lot of work. And, and Torch might've been like that as well, but I was just, I was like a schmelt. So he didn't, he didn't care to let me in on <laughs> the inner work of the leadership group. <laughs> Yeah, Torts ran ran the ship always and forever. And I think Q is a little more player-friendly where he gives days off. He's a little more flexible when it comes to that kind of thing. Both very effective coaches, yeah. though. Just they go about their ways totally, totally different. Completely different Yeah, coaches. definitely. So, all right. You've played on some pretty heavy teams, like playoff-wise. You've had some deep, deep runs. What? And you've got this reputation as a playoff performer. At the deadline, everyone's always like, we got to get a player like Brian Boyle. How does that come about where you're the guy in the playoffs that I wish we had a Brian Boyle on our team? Like, is that obviously it's a huge compliment. How do you up your game in the playoffs? Do you do anything different? Because I hear that every playoff. I wish we had a guy like Brian Boyle out there, you know, second, third line center, does everything, you know, wins, draws. Like, do you realize that or you just kind of play your game? I don't know. I mean, my first playoff, my first playoff that I had was against Washington. It was after I had a pretty good year. I finally kind of had a year in the NHL where I was, I was a player, right? I got to play. And yeah, I was so excited. I was so excited because 82 games is a long road to look at. That's why I love these guys that are just like consistent every night, every year. I went through some slumps, but then when it was the playoffs, it didn't matter. Like nothing mattered other than winning the game. And it was so exciting. Like so much, so much energy in every building, like playing for the New York Rangers in the playoffs was like, I I couldn't even have pictured it like that. And then every round you win, it was crazy. Like it was just so much, so much uh, adrenaline, like all the time. The hardest part was like the days off to like get too excited you had to calm down and i just i loved competing and especially like in do or die things like like college playoffs were like that you couldn't lose yeah. you had to win every game and you know this was just something different it was crazy and and you know just growing up a fan you hear about all the different things like every hit in the playoffs is an investment and every draw so every part of the game like if you're a good face-off guy or a good checker or a good penalty killer, like throughout the course of a year, people might not necessarily pay that much attention to that player. But like, you remember like Brooks Orpik when they won the cup and he was with Pittsburgh and he like that one shift he had where he ran over four guys and then yeah. everybody was like, that's, that's what you need. Like, that's what you need. I just would watch that. And so you can make an impact. It doesn't have to be scoring a ton of goals, but you can make an impact and everything's magnified in the playoffs. So you, mm-hmm. you kind of win some D zone draws. You, you might sell out to block a shot. You're on the ice when the net's empty and you're trying to protect the lead, stuff like that. And you embrace that role so much. It doesn't matter if you scored or you're a hero or you get interviewed after the game. If you advance, you keep that train going, you get to hang out with the guys in the room after like, it's the best. 
and I just, I just loved it so much. I wanted to do whatever I could to keep it going to win. I know. I truly believe when I was there with you guys, we lost to the Devils in the Eastern Conference Finals. If we would have gotten past the Devils, we would have beaten the Kings for the Cup. I truly like. I just, it's yeah. You guys were so good. We were, we were like, we kind of. I think we ran out of gas though. Two Honestly. game sevens in a row, and it just caught up with you. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Going through Couple Washington, overtime. Iowa. Yeah, there's a triple OT. I I got hurt that year too. I had a freaking broken elbow. Oof. <laughs> oh, yeah. But everybody was doing that. Like the stuff, like Callahan would play through Girardi, all these guys. You guys like, were banged I don't up. Even ask. I was just drinking wine ask. after team meals, and I was how good were those meals? Oh my goodness. We had a talking to from one of the, I think one of the team reps was like, you guys got to stop drinking wine after the meetings because <laughs> the meals, because the bills are coming back and they're getting a little too high. So take it easy. Oh man. <laughs> but they were delicious. Cheeks. Oh yeah. Me and Jeff Cheeks. And we, <laughs> that was great. So talking about playoffs. I, now was, you, I would skate with you guys between, between practices. We wouldn't have practices like in between. I would be skating with you guys. Yeah, and doing, you guys would do shiny drills, and I'd get off the ice. We would just get bagged, and you would just see you later. Oh my god, we would get <laughs> all right. Good luck, guys. <laughs> Those are the days. Oh, man, I felt so bad. <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh, Don't lie. <laughs> you're a terrible liar. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, so let's just touch uh, on Florida a little bit. You guys are jumping right into playoffs. What? What? You got a pretty young team, a pretty talented team. I would say an underachieving team. Um. Last year, what, what's the um, or this year? Sorry, what's the uh, the goals? You guys are obviously are in the playoffs. Like, what 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 do you think is going to happen when you hit the ice? Well, look at our team. Look at it's look at how stacked. we're look at how we're made. Yeah, look at how we're made up. Right. So we uh, we know that we're aware that we expect more. And we before uh, the All Star break this year, we ripped off like seven in a row. We were mm-hmm. playing lights out. We came back and we were awful. We were all discombobulated. We didn't know what we were doing. Like communication in our own D zone. Like there's a confidence as a player. And then there's like team confidence. And we, we, I mean, we were losing it on all, on all fronts. So we had a nice meeting. And then we had another meeting the next day because we just wanted to, and we literally hit the reset button on like a bunch of different things. And it was like, we practiced it. We had a couple of days of practice. And from then, like, then we started playing great. We, uh, we lost to Boston in a shootout, and, and we outplayed them. And then uh, I think it was a shootout. It might have been overtime, but we outplayed them, and we took off from there and started playing really good hockey for, like, I think it was, like, four or five games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the virus happened. And so we've been warned, <laughs> not warned, but, like, hey, remember when we were – playing great and then we had the all-star break and we were terrible let's not do that again and so i think we're really like, we're really excited i don't think uh you know it's obviously been enough time where we don't expect to jump back in and just start playing great i think we probably need some lessons on exactly what we need to do again because i forget <laughs> like we, yeah we need to kind of go over the system again and um we'll have enough time i think in camp to do that but man we have like weapons up front um the way we were playing defensively our goalie was like this is so much easier for me and then if he gets hot you've seen what that guy can do uh bob is like lights out plus oh, he's, like, he's the, the best goal in the nhl at, at points yeah. yeah 
Oh, that's so it's, cool. It's it's crazy. And so, I mean, it's exciting. It's really, really exciting because the opportunity is it's so unique this year. And, you know, we're, I'm sure the Islanders are preparing for us. And we're, I think I'm, our coaches are watching film on them already. So it, uh, it's interesting to see how long that, uh, how much, how much that can help. We'll see, but it's, yeah. it's exciting. No, I, I, I'm pumped to watch it. I hope it happens. We're still kind of up in the air, but I hope it happens. So I just want yeah. to finish on, yeah. um, I'm, I'm a Catholic guy. I, I love my church. Um, I, I'm big into it and you're a Catholic guy. So I just wanted to know what, like a, how much that plays in your, your hockey and then B, how much it plays in just your life in general and how it kind of molds you as a man. I just think it's interesting when I talk to Catholic athletes, how it either helps them or hinders them on the ice. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, from uh, as long as I can remember, I've loved, I love the game and I can't remember not loving the game and I can't remember not having the Catholic faith in my life because of what my parents, how they've raised all of us. And I was always taught that this is a gift that I've been given by God and I have to do my best with it, whatever you can do. So whether that equates to success or not, it's, it's more like use your gifts to glorify them, not for selfish reasons, but Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's what my parents have taught me. My parents are, you know, I'm one of 13 kids. I, they have by the grace of God, been able to give us all that they've given us, which I have no idea how the math doesn't really work out uh, in terms of how much they would have to earn just to let us do what we're doing and, and what they sacrificed for us getting married at, you know, 19 years old and their whole lives have been dedicated to the faith and to their kids. That's the example that I have every day of my life. And I've seen it. I've seen miracles happen right in front of my eyes. With my father, he was very sick when I was in high school, and he was healed uh, miraculously. I've seen, uh, obviously, a number of other things happen. But my son, even with his uh, situation that he has now, he's got something called an AVM in his jaw that uh, several doctors, before he was diagnosed, came in. We had the people from Dana-Farber telling us that he's got Ewing sarcoma, and we're planning out the next six months of his life. and. My wife and I are literally on our knees at the children's hospital in Boston trying to pray it away. And, and we believe that that was um, definitely a miracle that it was not what they, all those experts, those brilliant people told us it was. And I just think that it's there for us to see. It is uh, an incredible gift to me that I get to have this faith. I have so many great examples of people living in the faith and I'm so fortunate with all the things that I've been blessed with. And it doesn't come without hardships, but I think it prepares you for them and, and asking you shall receive because I, I've been down and out and very, very much scared and, and alone, especially with my, what was going on with my son, especially what was going on with me about a month prior to that. I was diagnosed with leukemia. Um, and it was just a crazy time, but, and then in in high school, a real formative year, like my dad's my hero and he was whittling away to nothing in front of my eyes. And I'm 14 years old. He's got a two-year-old son at the time. Like all all my younger siblings, like are are sitting there. I'm like, 
I'm I'm nervous for this. What the hell are they going to do? They're not going to remember my dad. And mm. you know he's he's still money. He's got uh, he's got a lot of energy. He's a ton of fun. And I've just I've seen these miracles happen. I've seen these things happen. The faith has been so important to me. Um, when the puck drops, I will. I mean, I do say things that I probably have to go to confession about and done some things that. But it's all. It's, that's my, that's my dog. That's my dog. That's all right. Um, but but yeah, but he, I mean, it's, it's Gordy. Oh, the mailman came. Um, it's just been it's just been so it's just been uh, it's so impactful to me just that 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 example and um, you know I'm just I'm I'm proud to be a Catholic. I think it's yeah. it's, uh, it's it's what I lean on. That's amazing. Amen, man. That's amazing. I was like, whoof, you have quite the story. Oh, very emotional. I love that. I wish we could talk about that for hours. Tim, do you have anything after that? Holy moly. Yeah, no, I'm not going to. No, I love that, buddy. Well, I I don't want to take up any more of your time. Go uh, take care of your dog and give your family a hug for me and tell them I said hi. I've only met your wife a handful of times, but she's a great woman and uh yeah good luck in the playoffs bro and uh we'll talk soon thanks john i appreciate it man that was was a lot of fun that was fun brother i love it man we'll talk again this was so good yeah thank you buddy thank you so much all right see you later later brian all right you guys see ya what an interview like unbelievable right yeah wow wow like i I just, I, I have goosebumps, especially the last part talking about his faith and his family and stuff like that. That stuff geeks me out. I, I'm totally all in on that. And then just imagine him have, being on your team. Like you can't lose. I know no. when I was with the Rangers, he was, he was one of the biggest voices in that locker room and he wasn't even a letter. Like we had Callahan and Gabrick and Brian, uh, Brad Richards and all Lord these is. guys. And he, he held the room. So Oof! Look out for Florida, man. They they are a sneaky team. If they get by the Islanders, I would not want to play them. Especially like you said with that goalie, Bobrovsky. He is when he's on, he's one of the best goalies in the world. So, oh, what an interview! I, I, I always sure. get blown away by these guys. Sorry, go ahead. I, I had like three more questions I wanted to ask, but like after he we talked about his faith like that, I'm like, no, I'm just gonna taint the interview if I tried to add anything else to it. So it was, you can't, you can't, you can't top that. So good. I think that's a good way to go out on. I hope every listen, I hope everybody liked the interview as much as I did. I I absolutely loved it. And um, gosh, we got to get more, more interviews like that. That was a killer interview. I'm like, just, I can't even talk. I'm speechless (laughs) for the first time ever. So you want you want to take us out, Tim? Yeah. Yeah. Thank everybody for listening. Another episode of dropping the gloves. Um, We're at one Oh five now, something like that, John, we're cruising right along. And we have some really, really big content coming out. We can announce very, very soon. It's coming out. You're going to love it. Really special guests, really special uh, content series that I can't wait to share once we have some more information to, to, to bring to the world. So keep an eye out for that on social media. And uh, any closing thoughts, John? No. Take it away, Tim. All right. Thank you, everybody. Cheers. Peace. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind the scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. 
And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.